Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all of the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Our panel today is the usual crew. We have Adam. What's going on, guys? I'm on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. And we've got Rhiannon. Hey, guys. You can find me on Twitter um, or everywhere. I use the pseudonym of Brooklyn Wallace. And currently, my Twitter handle is Shada Patron, though it may soon change to at Brooklyn Wallace. So find me at one or the other. And I'm Caleb. I'm on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers. And uh, we want to encourage you guys, as always, if you enjoy our content, we'd love for you to subscribe to us on YouTube at watch.youtube.com. Or watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. <laughs> Keep trying to give us a really <laughs> awesome URL. That is not correct. The pr- the problem is it's not actually written in my show notes. I always have to try to like come up with it off the top of my head. And so, yeah, I'll try not to make that mistake again. But, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to jump into the news. Um, we are – I know we're back and forth. We recorded on Sunday last week. We're recording again on Wednesday this week. So, uh, again, that disclaimer, if there's major something that happened on Thursday or Friday – um, it will not be in our news, but we'll come along and probably do something for it if something major happens. But speaking of major, uh, we sadly had to start with the Comcast drama again because it has gotten real drama e. So if you uh, are paying attention to this, uh, I'm I'm mostly talking about this because I feel like it confuses people. So we'll try to I'll try to hit the big points real quick. Uh, yesterday, a federal judge. Um, allowed the AT&T Time Warner uh, merger. That was an important thing because Comcast was going to step away from this if that merger was declined because they figured they could not pass the regulatory issues. Um, but since that was allowed, Comcast is now all in and is hot to go because they think that they can get a deal done and will not have problems with the regulatory issues. So Comcast made a new offer today, 19% higher than the offer that Disney made. It is an all-cash offer versus Disney's offer, which is largely stock. Um, That is important because they're essentially two very different ways of doing a deal. Comcast is offering the Murdochs and the Fox people a whole bunch of money to hand them the company and walk away. The Disney deal um, is offering them a whole lot of stock so that the Fox people will be invested in the new company and will probably have roles and be part of continuing to build the company within the Disney infrastructure. Um, as of yet, we don't really know which of those sounds more appealing to the people in charge. Disney most likely is going to make a counter offer, which will uh, undoubtedly be higher. Their original offer was $52.4 million. The offer that was made today is, I believe, $65 million, so that's a big jump. Um It is interesting that I read on Deadline that the folks at Comcast are making a direct push to stockholders to call and bug the board at Fox to delay their Disney vote and to take seriously the Comcast deal, which suggests to me, and this is reading between the lines, that Comcast is a little nervous that the board has their mind made up or that the board may feel differently than the average stockholder. Which, again, would go to the future of the company. A stockholder might just want their money and walk away, whereas the board might want to still be involved in the industry. Um, 
it is important given what we talked about, I think a week or two ago, Adam, that uh, Comcast is talking about all the great things they could do if they had content like X-Men and the Deadpool and the Deadpool. I don't know why I gave him <laughs> a, a direct article, a definite article, but anyways, um, basically there was language from Comcast that suggests they do not believe that those rights would revert, that they will control them at Comcast. If the deal goes, uh, even if that still is the case, I mean, at this point, I, it's hard for me to believe Disney would let something like this walk. I mean, Disney could pay whatever they really wanted to pay. Right. Um, so one of the interesting questions here is, um, some people are questioning if this is a good idea from Comcast. Comcast is going into massive debt to be able to afford this deal. Now, if you're a Fox shareholder, who cares if the guy who buys your company goes in debt to pay you, right? Like, but um, I think there is limits. Like, Disney does not have all the money in the world. I think the other interesting thing is because the Disney deal is stock, the Disney deal a year from now might be worth a lot more than it is right now. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, if Disney grows 10% and everybody holds on to the stock they get in the deal then they'll be richer a year from now with this lesser offer. But then again, you know, somebody offered to buy your house with stock or cash. You'd probably take the cash that you could do with it. What you want? So I don't know that these are all one of the things we don't know is how Rupert Murdoch really feels about those things. So, I mean, wasn't, wasn't there a news release or whatever that Murdoch junior or son Murdoch or one of the Murdoch boys got like a C level position with Disney. Yeah. It's just hard. I don't know. I guess money probably talks, especially when you're throwing around that kind of money. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just being selfish. But I think long term, Disney would be the better deal for Murdoch and Co. But what do I know? Particularly that deadline thing about them putting a full press on the shareholders suggest to me we could get in a weird spot where Murdoch and the board really wants to go with Disney because of what it means for them. And so Comcast is trying to get the shareholders to squeeze them and go, no, you have a fiduciary responsibility to us to get us as much money as possible per share. And Murdoch would be like, well, but we want to do the best thing for the company. And you know, like it does seem that there will be a push and pull and how much the Murdochs want this thing to go through. I looked today, I think the Murdochs only own 17 or 18% of Fox, something like that. I don't know. It, it's going to be, don't quote me on that. I don't, I, I read somewhere something like that. But it's, um, I don't know. We're going to be, it's going to be a bidding war. It's going to be tense. And there is reason to think this might not happen. And it's very frustrating. I have no idea what goes into the decision-making process for these giant buyouts. Um, but I do think, I mean, I mean, I hope whoever is helping make the decisions looks at the value of what Fox owns going up more with Disney. I mean, the X-Men being bought by Comcast and the X-Men being bought by Disney it's a completely different value to one than the other. You know, it's one of those where, you know, it's a missing piece in a puzzle over here and it's just a little piece sitting alone over there. Um, which is all just to say, I still hope 
that Disney gets them. And I just hope it all like wraps up soon. Let them vote. Make it happen. The thing, so this is totally hopeful, wish, wishful thinking on my part. The thing I continue to hear is that what Disney wants is the increased content, particularly with their streaming service coming and the library of stuff that Fox has is what they really want. The biggest thing Comcast wants is that Comcast is essentially a North America only company right now. And Comcast wants the international footprint of Sky and some other things. It'd be really lovely if we could just work this out and we give the international crap to Comcast. We give the content to Disney. Everybody gets, you know, I mean, it's not the way it's going to go because Comcast is going to want the content as well. And they're going to want to be able to merge Universal and Fox and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I get the sense the CEO of Comcast and Bob Iger at Disney hate each other's guts, apparently, from like something that went down like 15 years ago. And so it's kind of ugly on that side, too. And so I don't know. It just feels like I'm going to be reading way too much CNBC for the next two months. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a chance that Comcast buys it and then sells the property that they're not wanting to back to Disney? Yeah, what I saw in Deadline today doesn't suggest that Deadpool of the X-Men is something they don't want or that they wouldn't use. The other hope would be that Comcast, if they do get it, that Marvel would be able to come to him and say, Hey, have you noticed how well Spider-Man has done? Please. You know, like there was, it seemed like Fox had some kind of pride and like, Hey, we do great X-Men movies. We don't need you, Kevin Feige. But I think it would be nice if Feige was able to say to Comcast, Hey, this is brand new. You guys are getting into this. It's these properties have been losing money for you. Let us take over for it. I mean, that would be another hope, but that's way down the line. So, so that's been your business uh, minute news with, uh, <laughs> with the Marvel News Desk. Uh, let's jump into something way more fun. Uh, this week, the Russo brothers were asked about Avengers 4 and a possible time jump. And their response was to immediately point to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and how there was like a four-year jump between that movie and Avengers Infinity War and to suggest that we could see a similar thing between Infinity War and and Avengers 4, which has got people talking that we could see up to a four or five year time jump between Infinity War and next year's Avengers movie. Um, Do you guys think that's a good idea? Like, does that excite you? Or what would you think if, if the first thing on the screen for Avengers 4 was five years later? I hope they put eight years later so we can dissect it further. (laughs) (laughs) so i noticed in cloak and dagger like the opening after we saw the uh first episode after we saw ty and tandy grow up or their first scene as adults or teens whatever you want to say it it just said years later so i applaud them for that (laughs) i actually love the idea of jumping forward because there is an aspect of this where even if they can undo the snap and make everything right again, I want to see like how the world turns out, you know? And, and I've seen some people talking about, um, and maybe it was you guys, I don't remember about like, what if, you know, 
what if it really does? It goes forward five years and things are actually better on Earth. And then that added moral quandary of we can bring all these people back, but it does actually, you know, get rid of, I mean, you know, it does make the world worse. Um, so I actually like the idea of having to go through all of that conflict. Yeah, I'm interested what the mental state would be of the characters. Like, are the original Avengers still working just as hard to bring them back? Or are they like, like, have they become resigned to it? You know, like, like, what what if they tried really hard for a year or two to find Thanos and it just didn't work? And so now they've just gone back to like life as usual. I want to know if Shuri is like queen of Wakanda. You know, like, clearly somebody's going to have to take over. Um, seeing Aunt May, like, crying and despondent um, with, like, pictures of Peter. Like, like, may, like they could have Aunt May, like, at what would have been Peter's graduation. Just, like, wishing, like, Yankee well, you know? Like, and wishing that Peter was there. Like... The thing is, if they do the five-year thing, they could open up with a montage of what the world is like without all those characters. And they could just dig the knife in so hard. You know, like, if you thought you were depressed at the end of Infinity War, like, you'll need medication after the first five minutes of this movie if they show us just how the world went on and, like, mourning and burying these people and all that kind of stuff, like... I think that would be very, it'd be interesting. So if they did that, I would like for it to end with Tony Stark or Tony Stark, Tony Snark, Tony Stark, just having a brat fit about, no, I will not forget it. Like just, I wanted to end with him being the one to rally everybody back together. You can imagine a scene with him talking to Wong and he's like, strange told me this was the only way, but he was wrong you know like just how crushing would that because you know tony will immediately be like strange told me i could fix it I, I can do this and he's gonna go like maniacal and not sleep and yeah probably build another murderous robot that's gonna destroy the world or something you know like that's tony's <laughs> way of dealing with stress is just to build murder robots but it's like um i think i just it it fascinates me i think it would be so interesting if that's what they did and also it would set us up for movies in the future that could fill that in, right? Like we could do lost world, like lost year movies where we like see what happened with these characters in those lost years. Like it. And we thought the Spider-Man homecoming caused some timeline confusion. Now we're talking about lost year movies. Oh, <laughs> oh can I? So this is totally random and an offshoot, but I thought about it. So this actually bugs me about Infinity War. Why why did Hawkeye and Ant-Man not show up in Infinity War? I mean, the stated reason is they cared too much about their families and house mm -hmm. arrest, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what about Civil War? Well, they like, were not a house arrest in Civil War. We're supposed War. to... They weren't, but we're supposed to believe that Cap is committing treason against the U.N., and he calls up Hawkeye and Ant-Man. He's like, hey, guys, I'm really worried about Bucky. Can you help me? And they're like, oh, Bucky's in trouble? Sure, we'll help Bucky. And then two years later, they're like, 
there's an evil mad titan who's going to destroy the universe. They're like, I'm sorry, I need to stay at home with my kids. Like, why would you come out to help Bucky, but not come out to stop the end of the universe? Doesn't it seem like that there's a greater threat in Infinity War? <laughs> Maybe nobody called them. I just think it, like, I think once it got going, it just rapidly progressed. Like, the secret Avengers went straight from, where were they at? Scotland? They went yeah. straight from there to Avengers HQ to Wakanda, right? I mean, that's how at least I took it. So maybe it was just all one fell swoop. and That's a lot. That's like Europe to North America to over to Africa. I mean, you could pick up an ant. But maybe they were the strategizing or uh, the turbulence or something. You know, I don't know. In Civil War, Ant-Man shows up. He goes from San Francisco to Germany in like eight hours. If you look back at like the way that I'm movie just worked. Trying, yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm, saying I'm just it's inconsistent. I'm trying to provide a counter-argument <laughs> because I agree 110% with... <laughs> I, think, I think rather than if they hadn't... Like they gave the explanation, like they're on house arrest, whatever. I think I would have preferred just for it to get to the end and in the middle of that battle be like have have steve there and be just like dude why didn't you guys bring in clint and crap ant-man's name um, scott scott i was about to call him paul yeah. so i almost did too i, I like, know oh, that's paul. what i was like paul <laughs> hank um you know just be in the middle of battle and be like why didn't you call in clint and scott <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and they're like, I thought you were going to call him. And everybody just be like, crap. Yeah, and everybody just assumes somebody else called him. That, to me, would have been a more plausible explanation. All right, we've got to keep moving. Um, so MCU Cosmic, there were these quotes that we talked about a little bit on last week's show where Kevin Feige was talking about that we're going to see new characters, we're going to see new versions of old characters. MCU Cosmic is uh, saying that a Hawkeye movie is being worked on, that it would be a little while till it came, but they're directly considering doing a Kate Bishop version of Hawkeye. Uh, Rhiannon, I think that maybe you know this character. I may be wrong. Would that be exciting to you to see a Kate Bishop version? I like Katie Kate. Um, I would, I mean, that goes into a whole new territory. She, you know, I would have been far more excited about it before Runaways. Because um, she's like a West Coast Hawkeye. Um, and she has a completely different background. I mean, she's completely different than Hawkeye. Um, but she's trained by him. So if they brought her in and, you know, use that same strategy, I could be into it. But, um, I mean, I don't, you know, we haven't gone to the West Coast much. I mean, I guess there is some West Coast in some of the lighter movies. The Iron Man movies. But, yeah. Isn't Ant-Man on the West Coast a little bit, too? Yeah, San Francisco. Or am Francisco. I getting it mixed up with... Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways. I could be down. If they're doing, if they're doing a Hawkeye movie, I hope it's Kate Bishop and not Clint. It's not all about his farm time in Iowa. <clears throat> <laughs> I was going to say, I only want a Hawkeye movie if it's a Clint origin story because some podcast host wants to be an extra. 
film it in Iowa. How good of a movie would that be? Oh, that would be the best movie. Number one on my MCU ranking. I mean, Adam, if you're an extra in it, it would have to get a number one for me as well. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Kate Bishop would be a more intriguing character at this point because Hawkeye's Hawkeye. You know, he's probably going to have his biggest role yet in Avengers 4 and he'll probably fizzle out. But then if you open up Kate Bishop, then you open up the potential of Young Avengers or she's not a champion, but, you know, you could kind of do that type of stuff, I suppose. So that's where I was going to go. I I feel like there's two generations of younger Marvel characters. There's like the young the young Avengers that they did like kind of 10 years ago with Kate Bishop and stature and Wiccan and Hulkling and those characters. And then there's the champions thing they're doing right now with Miss Marvel and Nova and Amadeus Cho and uh, Miles Morales and Viv vision. And if I have to pick between those, I totally want those champions characters more. Like I find them a much more interesting group. Um, and so that's the only thought I have is if Kate Bishop is a, is them showing their hand that they're going to go the young Avengers instead of the champions. I don't want it. Go like, just skip to that <laughs> newer stuff. Give me a Miss Marvel movie. Like I, I want to go, but I think they could mix it too. I think we could see a world where we get stature and Kate Bishop with Kamala Khan and miles Morales. You know, I think they could do both at the same time and kind of meld those things together. So. All right, uh, next bit of news. Um, they talked to Ruben Fleischer of Venom fame, the director, and they asked him if Spider-Man was going to show up in Venom, and he gave one of those coy, cute little answers like, well, in the future movies, who knows who will or won't show up. Um, if Venom is great without Spider-Man, does that make you feel better about them continuing without Spider-Man or do they still need to bring him in a movie or two down the road? That's a big if. That's a ginormous if Venom is good. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, why not? You know, we talked about that and Woody Harrelson supposedly a little bit in it, but he's going to be in the second one. So, I don't know. Sure. I mean, Spidey needs to be in it, but whatever. To be honest, I totally forgot this was a movie again until this news <laughs> bit popped up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it, it'll all depend on how good Venom is. Like, if it's really good, maybe we'll come out of it thinking, I need to see Peter Parker in this world. But I'm finding that unlikely. Yeah. I, I'm interested in the power. I mean... Some of it is, I, we still don't know, like, even from the, like, he's got symbiote powers, and he's, like, punching people with, like, like, Mr. Fantastic, like, goop arms or whatever, and he's got, like, the the head that comes around, but I still want to know if he web slings, I want to know if he crawls on wall, like, are they just going to pull out all the Spidey stuff, and if so, that seems really boring, and, like, even the visual design, like, is he going to have a spider like design on the chest of the costume or not? And if he doesn't, is that really, you know, like, I just think that the Spider-Man disappointment is still going to be great because 
particularly if we get black suit Spider-Man and into the Spider-Verse, right? Like we talked about different versions of Spider-Man. If we get a black costume Spider-Man in that animated movie and not in the movie that came out a month before with Venom, I think that's going to be real depressing for us. So this was kind of a weird story. Um, So Ant-Man and the Wasp is being delayed and put out quite a bit later in Europe because they figure people are going to be watching the World Cup instead of going to the movies. And um, for some reason, uh, Evangeline Lilly is like really angry about this and doesn't like it. Um, should actors care about the release schedule for a movie? Like, I don't know if it was Robert Downey Jr., but it strikes me that Marvel knows what they're doing. And why not wait until after the World Cup to put this movie out? Did you guys see the story? Did it seem odd to you that she would care? Yeah. How much is so it's delayed by what World Cup's only what two or is it longer than that? It's probably a month. Yeah, it's a thirty-day tournament, but it starts tomorrow. So, well, from recording, so it'll be over by the second week of July, and then they'll put that movie out. And Italy and the Netherlands aren't even in it, so they should go ahead and release it there. I feel like that was a dig. If you're a listener in the Netherlands. Uh, we're sorry that you just got football slammed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I just happen to know that Italy and the Netherlands didn't make it into the World Cup. So, like, those two whole countries, like, maybe they don't want to watch soccer. Maybe they need a distraction. Maybe they should have a Marvel movie. Total tangent. I was listening to a podcast the other day that's recorded in Australia. And I was like, man, this is so crazy that these guys record it in their living room in Australia. And like, I'm listening to it in Rhode Island. And then I was like, wait a minute. I record a podcast in Rhode Island that people <laughs> listen to in Australia. Like it was dumb. I should know this. But it was really, uh, it was really exciting all of a sudden to have this dawn on me. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, next little bit of news. Um, uh, apparently there were rumors that Kevin Feige might take over for Kathleen Kennedy uh, over at Lucasfilm. And uh, those rumors have been shot down that that's not going to happen. Um, Adam, I know that was something that terrified me when I heard it and then was immediately made to feel better when I found out it wasn't true. Uh, had you ever thought about this terrible thought that Kevin Feige might leave for something like Lucasfilm? I had not. And the, the first report I saw on it Thank, thank the Lord was the report that the reports were refuted, if that makes sense. So I wasn't scared too much. It's I read the headline. The headline says, no, Kevin Feige hasn't taken over for Kennedy at Lucasfilms. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? But no, yeah, it was. That would have been something. Make Star Wars great again. Hashtag. Is what someone said on Twitter. Not me. Someone else. It does seem like it'd be the only job that he could probably leave for. Like, it's the only thing to me that has as much, like, cachet and, like, kind of value culturally to somebody like Feige. Like, I could see him doing it, honestly. Yeah, but then he'd have to get involved with the TV stuff they're doing. And he just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think Kev is too good for TV, isn't he? Also, this would kind of be like being the best brain surgeon in the world and jumping ship to being the best 
hand surgeon in the world, being the master of domestic arts or something. But, like, it's the same and it's awesome, but could he be that awesome at two different universes? Or does he have, like, a special connection with Marvel? Guardians of the Galaxy is the only thing that suggests to me that he could really do Star Wars and still do it well. And that's the one thing. I mean, Star Wars, it, I mean, you don't really... There's no source material to draw from. You know, they can't take... Well, I mean, they could take the... I don't even know what it's called now. All the books that are decanonized or whatever. Yeah, the Legends. No, I was just saying. I mean, I think a certain fan base is much more harsh than the Marvel fan base as well. So he probably, in the eyes of some, he probably wouldn't do good over there. I mentioned to you guys when this came up, it reminded me when we, uh, we went in for the first ultrasound for my first daughter, they did the ultrasound and then the, uh, the nurse was like, well, uh, so it's not twins. And I had not for a second considered that it could be twins. And so there was this crazy feeling of like, oh, I could have been twins. And like, oh, thank God it's not, you know? And so like, that's exactly yeah. how I read this story. Like he could believe, oh, he's not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, apparently uh, the actress, oh, what's her name? Leah Thompson from the 1980s. The Howard, the Howard, the duck actress claims she has a meeting with Marvel about, um, doing a Howard the Duck movie. Would you guys want a Howard the Duck movie in the MCU? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It has to be a direct sequel, might I add. They have to make the 1985 one canon. I just say, I think there's, in the days of Groot and Rocket, I really think there's a... If they don't do a Groot and Rocket movie, I think Howard the Duck would go very well. I'm mainly thinking, especially kind of like a uh, Howard the Duck Max, like the Max imprint version of Howard the Duck. Kind of like a Roger Rabbit thing, you know? I think that would go over extremely well. Have you ever heard the story of why Howard the Duck always looks so goofy in the comics? Yes. Oh, I think I? you told it on the podcast. Adam doesn't remember it. Maybe. No, I don't recall. I don't remember what we talked he about last remember. week. Maybe. Though, so. Well, it's been a while for people who are new listeners. Apparently, uh, Disney sued Marvel and said Howard the Duck was too close to uh, Donald Duck. So they had to draw him in like a way that didn't look remotely like Donald Duck, but Donald Duck just looks like a duck. And so like, if you wonder, wonder why is he so crappily drawn? It's because Mar like for a long time, Disney actually had to sign off on the versions of Howard the duck to make sure it didn't infringe on their copyright for Donald. So that's why they made Howard the duck a smoker. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, like that. All right. Uh, let's talk about the other piece of news was infinity war made $2 million. Uh, yay, $2 billion. So it is now uh, fourth all-time, I think, on the global chart. Only the fourth movie to do that. That's cool. All right, let's talk a little bit about a trailer. Uh, Luke Cage Season 2 dropped a new trailer this week. Um, it's coming out very soon, I guess, like nine days away now. Um, 
what you guys think? Did you enjoy it? Is it getting you kind of pumped up about Luke Cage? Yeah, this was their best one yet. Why'd they release or wait for like the week before to release it? Because we hadn't seen Mariah up till this point, have we? I don't think unless it was just we'd seen something because I've seen, because of the image of her in front of the yeah. crown. I remember seeing in something whether maybe she just showed up in the previous trailer or. But for whatever reason, they decided to give us two minutes of Mariah this time around. But it was awesome. Totes awesome. So she'll probably die in episode six. (laughs) Probably. I'm sorry. They burned me. And I'm not getting excited about this until 3 a.m. on the 22nd. And did you catch... The closing in thing, she must be on trial, question mark? Because the last clip in that scene, she's definitely talking in a courtroom. And she's definitely testifying about something. She says, like, without her, Harlem's gonna fail or something. It's definitely a courtroom. But isn't she still... I mean, she was a city council member or something... The other thing is... I mean, she's a politician. The positioning's weird. She has a crowd behind her, and Luke has a wall behind him, which suggests he's on the witness stand, which is very confusing to me. She acts as her own lawyer. I'm enjoying this dynamic of the idea that um, Mariah becomes like the lesser of two evils, like that Bushmaster is going to be much worse than her and so luke has to kind of be on her side i I think that's a great dynamic i think that's going to be a ton of fun to see luke having to like begrudgingly save her with as much as he dislikes her and the whole time also like watching his back because he knows that she'll totally stab him in the back not literally given his powers but you know like as soon as she gets an opportunity she's going to betray him and so, like, him being stuck between those two bad options, I think, will be, uh, it seems like a fun way for the plot to, to move forward. I, and I seriously, with all of these, I keep forgetting, well, one, I had completely forgotten that Bushmaster, did I get it right this time? Bushmaster is in it. Um... I mean, and I keep forgetting at times that it's a Luke Cage show coming, and that it's not, like the show that focuses on amazing women like between the Colleen and Misty stuff that we got last week and Mariah this week like are you guys worried I mean I'm a little bit worried that like the show might feel too busy with all the side characters or will that make it better I think it'll make it better I think Luke Cage has been best when it's not his show, I guess. I mean, he was super charismatic in Jessica Jones. And both he and Danny made each other better in Defenders. My mind immediately goes to Black Panther. I think it's easy. You could have easily said before Black Panther that between Nakia and Okoye and... Um, you know, that like these, these other characters were going to crowd out the main character, but it was actually really great. And, and I don't think it's a mistake that like 
Luke Cage and Black Panther have some obvious connections and sort of the cast and crew behind them. And the fact that, again, we have an African-American director or showrunner who's pushing women to the forefront of his story, I think is cool. And I think it makes sense. And I think it shows it shows similar values in those things. And so I think that that is a fully fleshed out Mariah, I think will be really exciting. I think the danger will be is Bushmaster just going to feel like another, um, cot- not cotton mouth, another diamondback. Like that would be the more, you know, like I'm totally cool with lots of Mariah and her stealing scenes away from Luke. Uh, the, how Bushmaster comes off, I think is the real challenge to the show. Yeah, I was not excited to see him in the preview. I forgot about him, and that was probably, like, intentional. Um, And we may still get more Diamondback, the way season one ended. Yeah. It'll be, if we don't, I think it's a case where Cheo was planning on going there, and then after everyone hated it, was like, oh, let's rework the script to try something different. Um. I also, small thing, but this has been always my pet peeve. There's that scene where Shades is clearly trying to shoot Bushmaster in the eyeball because apparently he's bulletproof, but your eyes aren't bulletproof. I was like, thank you. Finally, somebody is trying to do something sensible in this show. For the first time in a long time, we don't have someone just shooting at the bulletproof guy. So, Oh, I um, as we get ready to talk about Cloak and Dagger here, I also wanted to mention... Uh, Cloak and Dagger had the best freeform debut in like two years for a new series on that channel, which I first heard and I thought, well, that's not very impressive. But then I remembered they also just uh, launched Gronish, which was like launched off of the back of uh, Blackish and like had some of the same cast members and was like, so I don't know. It feels like a pretty big deal that Cloak and Dagger did that well early on. It's pretty uh it's pretty great for that show i think well has it gotten any bad reviews i mean i've seen like one or two people that didn't like it but not like a bad review yeah i think it also just got certified fresh as well it is our second time to review the show now we have episode three that happened uh this week and so uh, Rhiannon has uh, just rewatched it, so we thought we would let her remind us of what happened in this episode before we move on. So what are Tandy and Tyrone up to this time around, Rhiannon? All right, so this is the episode directly following the car crash where they they're, they sort of meet up. And, 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 I mean, I feel like this episode we get very trippy. So they have the car crash, and then you end up with flashes of them going into each other's lives. Um, This is going to be a very quick summary. I'm not at all recapping everything that happened. But anyways, we get flashes of each of them seeing like things from the history of each other's lives. Tandy sees Tyrone committing suicide by cop and going through the motions of confronting the his um, brother's killer, basically. Um... Tyrone sees Tandy confronting basically the Roxxon execs in various different ways. Um, and they both just sort of freak out a little. And we, 
also get Tyrone going to see Marie Laveau's grave, going on a little New Orleans history tour through Congo Square and over to the St. Louis Cemetery. Um, and then does his little voodoo ritual, which some of this, like I said, it's trippy and it jumps around. I might have gotten some of that out of order. But the little voodoo ritual in the bathtub where he sees um, some more visions that bring them together. And then finally, just at the end of the episode, Tyrone approaches Tandy and says, we've, we've, I don't remember what exactly he says, but it's just sort of, uh, we need to talk. And the audience goes, yes, you do. Thank you for finally getting to that after three episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, And that really, like, that was my same feeling. I was like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't drag this out any further. Well, yeah, particularly because... Like, the powers put them together at the car crash. And you're like, oh, okay, now they're together. And then they immediately run away from each other. And you're like, come on, guys. How many times are we going to have to do this? So, Yes. And then the one other little detail is the little 3D printing of a Tyrone voodoo doll. Like, I'm very interested in how this plays out but anyways the little 3d printer at the beginning of the episode and then at the end you see it's a little tyrone that the the um mother of the girl that did the or the voodoo the voodoo woman for lack of a better word um puts with all of her little voodoo dolls yeah they've been kind of making that a um like a little trope like this is the second episode in a row where they started the episode with like a random visual that makes no sense to you. And then throughout the episode, they get, they come back to it. And then like the last scene is finally revealing to you what that visual was like for the second episode. It was the car crash. You just saw like a broken down car and a broken bird cage. And then they went through the whole episode and you finally figured out why, why that was there. And then they did that with a 3d printer. Adam, are you liking that? Like, is that a cool thing for them to do? Or is that going to get old pretty fast? I don't know. Maybe it's gone by episode four. I haven't watched it. So yeah, no, it's, uh, the editing on this is, uh, peculiar. Um, that, that, that was kind of my, uh, major critique i could kind of finally talk about this now i thought it was an episode four thing but it was this episode it started happening where i thought that the editing was i don't want to say sloppy but it's just not something i'm used to i guess um i did just get done watching the episode two and i caught far more stuff the second time around than i did on the first time the first time I watched it, and I just kind of scratched my head at the end, but uh, the second time, uh, it was a solid watch. Uh, the one thing I picked up this time, um, when Ty's like, do I have to take a bath or whatever he says, then I think it's Auntie Chantel, Chantel says, well, I could beat you over the head, and that opens up the mind, and I'm like, oh, so that's how yeah. Tandy's also having the visions, because... She has a concussion because the first time I was like, wait, she didn't take a bath. So, how yeah. she's had- so I missed that, but my wife picked it up immediately. I was like, okay, well he's doing the voodoo thing. What she, and she's like, she said, or a concussion. So it's either 
So Tandy got the concussion. He's doing the voodoo thing. And I'm like, oh, this is another more evidence that you are smarter than I am. You know, like she picked it up immediately, but I didn't get it the first, <laughs> yeah. you know, first time through either. I was, yeah, I was super confused. And then she says, she specifically said concussion. I'm like, wait, we just heard that. So I played it back. Then at the, I think the very first line in the episode, Ty says, Tandy, sit still. You might have a concussion. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he says it twice because they do that scene twice from, like, his perspective and her perspective. So I didn't catch that on either watching, so I'm just feeling dumb over here. I find it really interesting. Marvel, the MCU cannot help themselves. It is impossible to get full-out magic in the MCU. Like, every time we get close (laughs) to magic, it's always like, but there's a scientific explanation or... You know, like whether it's Doctor Strange being like, this is a map of your chi zones, but it's the same thing as a CAT scan. It's just different ways of looking at the body. Like here, they're going into the voodoo place and they're like, it's voodoo, but concussions work the same way. You know, like there's always a more practical, pragmatic way to do it. And I find that fascinating. Let's talk about this real quick. After... How many preteens are going to go to Whole Foods just buying all sorts of random stuff in an attempt to have a out-of-body experience? It's not a preteen. They're, they're teenagers. 16, but have you 17? seen those Shatter Hunt, Shadow Hunters fans? So I guess I'm just comparing all, <laughs> oh boy. I'm just comparing all freeform show fan bases, I guess. So that's my bad. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. I was listening to a comedian the other day that was talking about um, saging his apartment. Apparently, this is a thing people are doing. Where like, it's like oh, mysticism yeah. that you like put sage all over your. Par- I don't know. I don't understand it, but sure. Apparently, this is not the only place this happens. Like you guys, you guys don't sage your places when you. I I I know lots of people that well. I lived like a couple blocks from Lorene the Vaux before. So I guess it's not odd. I have lots of friends that are like, I'll just sage. Like there's, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. I need to sage my house. I need to sage this building. There you go. I figured that's something Kayla would be into. He's the most spiritual of us all. Um, he doesn't even sage to, his stuff. To be fair. Yeah, but he's not Catholic. Yeah. Also <laughs> the version of spirituality I tend to deal with explicitly states not to dabble in things like saging your apartment so (laughs) gotcha (laughs) yeah it's um... i think it's i think it's um based in incense and stuff like that okay yeah but so yeah i mean i i continue to like i mean adam you talked about or we talked about these visions that the two of them are having and seeing each other's um, each other's possible futures. Uh, I think it's really interesting. The idea that like they're trying to help each other and try to save each other. There's kind of this thing they're building where like Tandy is teaching Tyrone that confrontation isn't the only way. And he's teaching her that she doesn't have to run away from everything in a way. It's a little heavy handed black and white cookie again. Like they're the ying and the yang and he's what she needs and she's what he needs. And like, the line at which we go from a healthy relationship that helps fill out another person to codependence where you have to have someone else to be able to function as a human being, I think is going to be interesting to see what happens there. But um, I continue to like visually where they go to these fantasy places 
and they do this sort of surrealistic visions and stuff. I, I just like it because it makes it different. Um, it makes it feel different than any other MCU show. And I think because of the timing, I was worried about runaways and cloak and dagger feeling very similar. And I feel like they have totally made sure that is not a problem by doing some very different things in those two shows. Yeah, they don't feel like at all. See, and I, you know, it's odd because I, when I was rewatching it today, I was like, this is so far from the black and white cookie. Like, I, yes, some of it is a little bit heavy handed of the, but, but it really doesn't seem too heavy handed to me. Um, like, yes, she does run away from everything and he runs towards everything, but it still felt a little bit subtle to me. And, uh, I mean, did someone mention how deep these visions are? Like when Ty was uh, doing, uh, or when Tandy was seeing Ty's suicide by cop or whatever. Um, what song was playing? It's uh, American Funeral was playing in the background, and it's kind of like a This Is America type song. It made yeah. me think of the, the This lyrics, Is America video America the, a lot. Yeah. Like it's not nearly as as good or important yeah. as you know, like what Glover yeah. did. But there are there was resonance I felt like with it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I I can dig it. And he was totally in Hamilton cosplay. Yeah, <laughs> true. It also keeps that like we talked about the maturity of the show and if it would feel like it's not made for old people like us. But, and again, my my streak of liking when these shows go more violent. There's been little images that I think have kept that mature tone, like in that boardroom where like they start killing Tandy's father by like forced drowning in a board, you know, like it's just like that kind of edge yeah. of violence that says like, this is not a show for 12 year olds, which I don't know. Like I find to be a, a valuable asset to the show that it continues to say, take us seriously. We're not just a teeny bopper show, you know, how good I'm hoping detective O'Reilly's, story arc just turns out completely badass i'm pretty sure it's heading that route especially at the tail end of the episode i mean technically in the comic she becomes a bad guy eventually but i don't think this is going to push her that far immediately you know as long as she doesn't turn into somebody with a love triangle with the parents of tyron and tandy i i'm pretty okay with wherever she may go at the moment yeah it does this is probably not fair i think i like runaways a little bit less now that i've seen some of these cloak and dagger episodes you know like runaways yeah. feels a little sillier yeah. now in comparison if that makes any sense well i mean also runaways is bright and sunny it's in you know they the locations are make a big difference of all of that but yeah i mean it's i mean runaways at this point feels like a store about teenagers with a pet dinosaur and you know discovering they have powers where cloak and dagger feels like an intense mature drama with a character who has actually run away from home true <gasps> true 
the first MCU runaway. But she keeps going back. I mean... I mean, maybe she's really run away at this point. But, you know, I mean, her mother still has a role. She still speaks to her mother. All right. Does that do it for our runaways talk? With runaways? Well, yeah, yeah. We're done with runaways. (laughs) Yeah, it does it for our runaways. What about our cloak and dagger talk, Adam? With these, uh, no, I'm just, uh, I love these. It's the swamp, right? Like those visions were in a swamp. Do I have my? Yeah ecological things I think it's or the whatever bayou no? adam the bayou isn't it a swamp i'm just like lo- yeah what i'm trying to say is i'm just like <laughs> my irrational hopes are just man thing popping up out of nowhere and saying hey kids i can help out but that's never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> well that's now, what i'm trying always, to get at i always confuse man thing and swamp thing does man thing have like powers related to like dreams and the dream world like, would it even fit tonally for him no. to, like, pop up in their visions? They've, like, turned Man-Thing from a swamp monster. He's, like, the protector of the Nexus or something like that. So he's all sorts of mystical now. Man, he could show up. And they could beat DC, the DC Universe to, to the, the punch. Because they're doing a Swamp Thing show, right? Are they Maybe really? S- yeah. So what is it? Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, and Titans. And there's oh, one more yeah. that they're doing, but I can't. And people are pumped about it. Like, the hardcore, like, they're really, they're really, like, going into the nerd community with this DC <laughs> streaming service. They were like, oh, we want to do something nerdier than Titans. How about Swamp Thing? And people are like, whoa. And they're like, uh, how about Doom Patrol? And people are like, whoa. You know, like, next thing you know, there's going to be a Plastic Man show on that, that streaming service. I mean, they are just... They're trying to go into the nerd. Okay, so back to New Orleans. The one thing I did want to point out about this episode that, you know, that is a purely me thing. Um, so in this episode, you had some of the most iconic New Orleans locations, and they didn't hammer them down your throat. They went to the most famous of the above-ground cemeteries, they went to Bourbon Street, which you probably didn't even notice. They did like Congo Square and they went to a swamp. Like he and didn't he ride a streetcar to Whole Foods or out to the cemetery? Uh, Yeah, out to meet her, I feel like. Like, I feel like they threw uh, so the, the Marie Laveau gift shop thing that they went to. Either that was on Bourbon. I mean, the real one is on Bourbon Street. And even if it wasn't, it looked kind of like Bourbon Street, but it's like the end without all the neon. So I just like, I wanted, that was one of the things that made me very happy about the show is that they didn't hammer down the New Orleans stuff that people expect to see, that they just sort of showed you as it is. Well, and going on a tourist thing is like the easiest way to fit that in too, right? Like, because it's not heavy handed to be like, hey, here's a famous thing. If he's literally on a tour that is supposed to be pointing out famous things, you know. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I have been on that tour and that was pretty much line for line the way it goes. I mean, I didn't do the Congo Square one, but when you go to the Marie Laveau and all of that, they don't hand you the the charcoal and stuff. But I mean, it was pretty on point for a New Orleans tour. I appreciated the 
you know, how on point it was without like hammering it down and get making it too Hollywoody. Though it's funny because like you could talk to anybody else in New Orleans and they might be like, oh my God, it was so definitely, you know, I can't believe they hammed it up like that and everything, but I thought it was on point. All right, let's jump into our main discussion. Uh, what we want to talk about with this podcast, um, we are getting a sense from earlier in the news that there is definitely going to be some kind of wonkiness with time in Avengers 4. Uh, we keep getting set photos of the Battle of New York and people wearing costumes from the first Avengers movie. We've talked a little bit about if that's barf or if it's time travel. And so we thought this might be a good time just to talk about time travel in general in the MCU. And is it a good thing? Is it a good way for to go? Is that something that they should expand into? Or is that a mistake? Um, let's just start with this easy question, guys. Do you want to see time travel added as an element in the MCU? Or is it something that you don't think is that good of an idea? I mean, it's already there. And I don't love it because it, 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 I mean, they couldn't keep straight the linear time travel of eight years in Spider-Man. So it creates more areas for things to irritate us. But I also like the idea of bringing everybody back to life in Avengers 4. So I'm torn. Yeah, I think my preferred um time travel i don't know what do you want to call it my preferred mode of time travel or my example of time travel i prefer most is how doctor strange does it um so I, if if it's kind of like that i don't know it just with with stuff like agents of shield i just thought it was you start introducing you know different I don't even know how to explain that. How Fitz is still alive, but he's dead, and so on and so forth. I just thought Strange's means of time travel were easier to follow. Maybe because it's a, I'm a simple individual. I don't know. But I just preferred the time stone usage. Well, and that's the concern, right? Is that we're going to end up with this thing where, like, we no, nobody likes the paradoxes. I don't know, like... They kind of make fun of it and they have a good time with it and something like Back to the Future. But the reality is like a lot of times this does not make sense, right? And so if the plot of Avengers 4 is, oh, the Avengers are going to go back in time to stop Thanos, we're immediately going to go, but if they stop Thanos, then they wouldn't know to go back in time to stop him so he'd succeed. And then they'd go back to stop him and they'd stop him, but then he wouldn't succeed so they wouldn't know to go back like that right your mind just starts <laughs> to explode like nobody enjoys that no. i feel like we're avengers of four could be monumental marcus and mcfeely mcfeely are smart if they could tell a time travel story that deals with those issues and solves some of those paradoxes in an intelligent and clever way i think we'd all i mean they would do very well to do that i think does that make sense yes yes if they can do the time travel with make it without with, without us getting caught in that loop, um, that would be great. The other thing that I think is interesting about this is remember in Doctor Strange when he uses the time stone, both Wong and Mordo like there's this idea that you don't use it lightly, that there's always a cost 
to using the time stone, right? Like the bill comes due is what they always said. Uh, has it struck you that Thanos is going to have a bill that's going to come due for using the time stone? Yeah. How, how big is Strange's bill going to do when he used the time stone 14 million times in the span of 30 <laughs> seconds? You know? Not to mention all the times know. he did with Dormammu. I mean. Yeah. He's used the crap out of the time stone. Why hasn't Doctor Strange aged like 500 years? When he goes back in time, does he unage? That's a good question. Because he doesn't, like, psychologically, he doesn't unage because he remembers the time before. At least Thanos does, right? Like, he remembers he remembers Scarlet Witch successfully destroying the Mind Stone, and then he goes back in time and stops her. Yeah. And I mean, so... Yeah, now we're talking about this, and now if you bring it like the ancient ones' thoughts into it, so no matter what, of course we're getting strange two and stuff. I would guess, you know, but using those thoughts, I mean, strange would come out alive no matter what. Like if strange was an Avenger, original Avenger, you know, it'd be questionable. Maybe he's dying in Avengers four, but since we know from the ancient one that you can't see past your death, you know? Oh. Wait a minute. So how did he use the time stone to see? Well, I'm just saying that he survived. We know they can't see past their death, so then he's not really dead. The poofed people aren't poofed, aren't dead. They're in another dimension. That is also a good point. We have solved the problem. <laughs> this is right. Yeah. Cause she says something like she's gone back and forth through time, but she always ends on that scene of her dying yeah, with, yeah, with the helicopter and the lightning at the hospital and stuff. And she's never been able to go past it. So that would hint that she can't, you can't see into the future past your death. So they're not dead. Right. Maybe. Is there a theory on the internet about this? Because that's a pretty damn good theory. Are they in the soul stone? Somebody get on Reddit. I oh, want some sure. more Reddit credit. Let's <laughs> credit. go. <laughs> I want that Reddit credit. <laughs> oh. Well, see, they one of the Russos can practically confirmed that at least Gamora's in the soul stone. Yeah. Because she was sacrificed for the soul stone. Plus that whole scene at the end confirms it. But it would make sense that... So what... Then that brings up the thing. So did Thanos use the Soul Stone to... In the snapping? Yeah. So this would be interesting. Because Thanos is always trying to make himself sound like he's an okay guy. What if he gets rid of people's... What if... First of all, let's assume the MCU is working on a body-soul dichotomy... That we have often in Western literature. All right. And then let's say that what if Thanos is separating their souls from their physical bodies, putting them in the soul stone and then disintegrated their bodies because the problem is physical resources, but souls don't have to eat. So they're incorporeal. They're all stuck in the stone. So he doesn't kill their consciousness. And there's just like a big old party going on in the soul stone. Where eight-year-old versions of all these characters are, you know, hanging out like Muppet babies or something. <laughs> <laughs> this idea is sounding worse the longer I go with it. But <laughs> Well, I mean, you lost me at this world where there's no soul food. Um, 
they yeah they're party no i that would be hilarious well i mean like strange would have seen that this future was good too i mean that would be great like the souls are all partying in soul world and the humans are really sad but they have a physical world that's awesome after all the planes stop falling out of the sky talk about a downer <laughs> at the end they remove the souls from the soul stone and everyone's like, it was so much better in Soul World. Why did you bring us back to life? Why did you save us? And then they kill the Avengers because they ruined their soul party. And that's how the original Avengers die. <laughs> Adam, as we talk about time travel, I think comic fans naturally go to Kang the Conqueror, right? He is kind of the ultimate dimension hopping time hopping villain um putting aside the question of whether or not kang belongs to marvel or not which i feel like maybe we have an answer to but i don't remember the answer to yeah he does and he's a fantastic four guy oh okay so marvel does not own the unless we've unless they've <laughs> no. horse traded for him um true we're we're gonna put an electrical cord in Juggernaut's butt, um, but we feel like we need permission for that. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll give you King if we can get King the Conqueror. Stick whatever you want yes. in Juggernaut's butt. Um, That's butt exactly. Would, are, are you excited about the idea of King the Conqueror? Like, does that seem like a next cool thing to do? And is it something that could come in of it? I mean, people have t- tried to talk about Avengers four. Does he need? Is he a big enough villain that he needs space like Thanos had space to develop? Yeah, I was gonna say outside of Thanos, I think Kang would be another ten year, maybe not a ten years, but he would definitely be another build up villain. I know Doom is huge, huge. You know, Doom's a, a big time villain, but I don't think you need that build up. Well, you could do, go the Doctor Doom solo movie route we talked about. But Kang, there's just so much there with the time travel and such. Um, I mean, I would love to see him in live action. I think that would be, you know, that would be a smart route to go, especially coming in with Fantastic Four with they using, uh, with they used Doom twice already. You know, Kang would certainly be a welcome addition, at least in my eyes. I, I think he's a very intriguing villain, and he's kind of. He's kind of like Thanos in the sense that I always use the the smi- the Michael Scott gif. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a good guy who runs over women with his car. You know, he's he says he's not a bad guy. He's just a good guy using time kind of for his will. So, yeah, I think Kang would be great. That also would be a good way to sag into Legion if we had all watched it yet. Yeah, so I, I I haven't got it done. I forgot to put that earlier in the show. I figured we'd just do it next <laughs> week when we all had time to watch it. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Wait, so Kang's in Legion? No, but it's a lot of, or am I a good, buy or a good guy or am I a bad guy? I wasn't getting the connection either. I was like, why did we just go from Kang to Legion? <laughs> I've watched the first 15 minutes of Legion. Oh, so. uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this. Uh, we have seen time travel now in Doctor Strange. Uh, we've seen a little bit in Runaways, right? With like the magic radio that uh, was in the basement oh, yeah. of Chase's dad's workshop or whatever. Um, and we've seen it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Adam, you've already said you kind of liked the Doctor Strange version. 
Rihanna, do you feel the same way? Like, have you, has anybody done it well? Or is there a particularly egregious version you have not liked in the MCU so far? I mean, I loved the Doctor Strange version because I didn't have to think about it. It just sort of like very quickly, poom, poom, poom. You know, the, the, I loved the Dormammu I came to bargain um, fight, you know, using time travel to just constantly, you didn't have to think about it. It happened over and over. Um, Runaways, we don't even know what that's all about yet. Like, it never seemed to really go anywhere. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hurt my brain. I mean, I enjoyed the season. It is what it is. So I guess Doctor Strange is my favorite. I feel like we never got the payoff with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. we really wanted with the time. Like, I I had in my mind built up how they were going to kind of deal with it. And then it just never really happened. You know, like, it it just seemed like it resolved very simply. And I was expecting for them to write it well. So it still really doesn't make sense why they had to get tra- travel into the future. I-, I still don't understand it. Besides the fact that they gasped when the older Cassius was in the end of the season. They're like, oh, we know that guy or his kid. You know, I still don't get it, but. I mean, it gave everybody, yeah. I mean, it had a lot of stuff. They gave us Deke. And we don't know if Deke is still around or not. Yeah. That's the other. Yeah fascinating part of this like they never picked up that story thread yeah i like how yeah he pulled a wong you guys notice that he's like oh you guys are about to go save the world i'm a bounce see you guys (laughs) later him and wong are drinking zimas i bet wong would love zima Wong would be a zima guy (laughs) absolutely let me ask one more question about the time travel thing we've already kind of hinted at this the danger i think is screwing up the continuity right like X-Men never had continuity to begin with. And then they tried fixing it with time travel and then they made it worse. They've put themselves in this weird decade thing where every movie has to feel like a different decade, but the characters never age. Uh, Do you have any fear, particularly if the Avengers go back to the battle of New York? Like, do you have any fears that you're just, it's just the, the continuity of the MCU has been pretty tight. Are you afraid that this continuity is just going to get blown all to pieces if this happens? I mean, I think they plan. I mean, I think somewhat of what we have going on is blowing everything up to pieces in the first place. So that whatever is coming next is a whole. So they kind of don't have to worry about all the previous continuity in some way. So I think it it's almost intentionally blowing things to pieces. When talking about continuity, I'm trying to search for that hilarious Nova panel that just happened. Um, it went viral on Twitter. Uh, Richard Ryder comes back to uh, escapes the cancer verse. And then he runs into the champions. Do you guys know which one I'm talking about? I haven't heard about this. No. Oh, it's hard to explain. I wanted to screen share it, but Richard, in short, they bring up Richard Ryder. They or they bring up Sam Alexander Nova. They bring up Miss Marvel, and they bring up Spider Man, and they bring up Cyclops. How they're all different versions of themselves. <laughs> and Richard Ryder says something about how he hates life or how he hates what 
what's going on. I have to find the panel. It's much more humorous, and I just butchered it. Um, but as we've seen with the, the Fox stuff, I mean, comics, that's the thing about comics. Continuity is what you make it, you know. The only person to stay dead is Uncle Ben, and anyone else can come alive and stuff. I mean, so far, the MCU's doing pretty well. You know, obviously, the MCU's technically studios and TV, um, but already, when we consider it as a whole, with all properties involved, movies, TV, uh, you know, the continuity always been has already been kind of fractured, um, in a sense. So, I, I guess it's not... It doesn't worry me too much. You know, I think as long as something's branded as an MCU property, people are still going to kind of enjoy it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you... This might be straining too far off topic. Do you guys think that someday we're going to have an MCU or... Instead of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse? Or do you think they want to get that confusing where, say, that Venom is part of the MCU, but it's on Earth 2 instead of Earth Prime or something of that nature? So I think that this is a way that they solve the time travel conundrum. I mean, I was kind of going to get to this, I think. We've talked about this before. I think most people can understand an idea of a multiverse... Where you you know you say something, um, I mean I just recently watched Jurassic Park right, and there's this scene where he's, uh, Jeff Goldblum's talking about chaos theory, and he's like, put a drop of water on your hand, which way does it fall? And it falls to the right, and he goes, all right, now do it again in the exact same way, and it falls to the left that time, and he goes, that's chaos theory. There's certain things you don't know how it'll happen. I I, I think people get this idea of like, it you know that this theory that, you know, when you come to a street sign and you have to turn left or right, that if you turn left, it creates a different universe than if you turn right and that there's butterfly effect and knock on effect, whatever you want to call it. Right. And so I think people get that. And so I think if the MCU time travel is about moving people from one train track to another, so to speak, like the reason there's no time paradox is that the people from the future where Thanos snapped go back and make it so he doesn't snap and by doing so they enter into a completely new reality that is the snap free reality like I think people can understand that and I think it's a way that you don't get into the time loop because the people that came back are always the people from the snap reality and all this changes that they've jumped to a different universe as I say that, I imagine people listening to this podcast at home going, what is he talking about? But I think that it's, I think it's possible that multiverse is the way to go. I, I don't think I want to see multiverse. I don't want to see multiverse in that there's movies that are in different continuities. Cause I think that'll get tedious to keep up with. Um, I've always felt like geography is the better way to keep those things separate. Do cosmic movies that have nothing to do with earth instead of making them movies that happen in different universes. Apparently DC is about to do this. They just announced today that there's going to be a new label. that's going to be called like DC black or DC dark. And it's like, if that's slapped on the movie, if it's like DC dark, it's telling you that it's a non DC FU continuity movie. 
I don't, I don't want to go there. I think that's too much. Um, but the idea that the main continuity can be switched to a different reality based on changing certain events. Um, I, I don't know. I think it makes sense. I think they could take us to a alternate reality where Dormammu was never defeated by Dr. Strange and say, yep, see, this is where we would have been, but strange moved us to a different reality, but by going back in time, I don't know. Rhiannon, does any of this make any sense? Like, does this sound yeah. good to you or is this sound really confusing and terrible? <laughs> it sounds really complex. Um, and I don't know how complex I want it to be. One thing about the movies is that, yeah, there's I, I they're separated by geography. You know, you have these people in space, you have these people on Earth, and you have Thor that jumps around between the two. But I I don't know if I want the multiverse thing. Um, I'd have to see. I mean, that's one that if it happened, I'd probably end up liking it. But. I always think of like the Agents of Shield where I started where there was just way too much and it got too complicated. I guess Adam, I worry about it lowering the stakes though. Like imagine if you went into Infinity War and you're like, "Well, this is just one of the universes." Like, sure they dusted everybody, but they're still alive in a bunch of other universes. Like to me that would take away from the significance of it. Like the fact that this is the reality, I think is good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you make it too simple, it just becomes, you know, just one big old plot device. Like the Arrowverse, they've established the multiverse. So if in one of the Arrowverse shows that John Doe dies on Earth Prime, they'll be like, oh, hey, let's just go to Earth 75 and get John Doe. And even though his personality is just a tiny bit different, it's still John Doe and they take him back to Earth Prime so they have that person on the cast. So... There's certainly ways that they could butcher it, and the easiest way would be to butcher it and kind of fill in. So they'd keep RDJ around, but it's technically not the Earth-1. Tony Stark, it's the Earth-92 Stark who doesn't make killer robots, you know? Well, And I, I don't think they're going to do it in as much the thing we hear over and over again from the Russos, from Marcus and McFeely, from Feige. We believe in stakes. We want our universe... When people die, it makes a difference that they die, right? And multiverse, I think, can just detract from that. So, Mailbag is a little lean this week because, again, it's only been three days since the last episode came out. Uh, we were talking about one-shots last week, and we had Love Waffle on the website um, saying his choice is that he really would like to see a Warriors 3 one-shot. He was saying that he felt, like a lot of people, that in Thor Ragnarok, they died kind of unfairly without much significance, and that he'd like to see um, one more adventure of those three um, some point in the uh, place. Um, he also um, uh, also felt like that one-shots in the end work best with side characters. Um, we had talked about like introducing characters, and he doesn't think people would like that because if it's your favorite character and they're introduced and then people don't like it, that's it's, it's like loving the Inhumans and they get eight TV show episodes that are terrible 
and then you never see them again. Like if they did a Moon Knight one shot and everyone hated it and then they never made a show of it, people would like hate that one shot for the rest of their life. So makes sense. All right, guys, do you have anything else before we wrap up? I did. Speaking of while we're talking about Inhumans, did you see Chadwick Boseman's tweet today? He tweeted happy birthday to Chris Evans. And it was like when they introduced Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa and the two are doing like a handshake hug type thing. And right between them is the big Inhumans logo. And Chadwick and Chadwick Thanks, and Chadwick might, he might as well added hashtag what could have been, but he did. Yeah. It probably had like November, 2018 underneath it too. Something like that. Right. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Sorry. Oh man. We'll see. Thoughts and prayers to Inhumans fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I said as I've been reading Eternals. Yeah. We're never getting an Inhumans movie. Eternals is is really like people are always like X Men and Inhumans isn't it the same thing? And I'm like, no. Eternals and Inhumans is basically the same thing. Like there's so little difference in them that um, if we get an Eternals movie, Inhumans will never happen. So, Well, thanks. That's a really terrible <laughs> thought to end the podcast on. So uh, everybody have a great Yay. week. Enjoy the fact that these characters will never come to the big screen. <laughs> of course, then again, if this Fox deal doesn't go through, they're going to cancel all the X-Men books and start doing Inhumans books again. We'll start getting Inhumans comics again. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. You guys can interact with us lots of ways. Uh, feel free to send us a message over on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. You can also put uh, comments on the MarvelNewsDesk.com posts each week. Uh, if you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. You'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode available only to our Patreon supporters, as well as early access to videos like the Road to Infinity War Supercut. Uh, like us on Facebook or f- at Facebook.com slash Marvel News Desk. Or subscribe to the YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. You can help the show be more visible to others if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And the number one thing you can do every week, however, is listen to the show and tell your friends about it. We really appreciate it when you do that. Thanks to Tim Cox for the logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. And thanks to Alvin for the theme music. You can find his music on a variety of social media platforms at The Skull School. That does it for this week. Um, I'm just thinking... Next week's Luke Cage, right? Next Friday. So if we record on Wednesday, we will not have seen it. So we'll have to figure it out. <laughs> this new schedule has just been a pain in the butt, but we'll figure it out. Um, I assume we're going to talk about Luke Cage next week, but we'll see. Uh, not all of it, for sure. I think we want to spread it out, but we'll yeah. we'll figure out what we're going to do. So, All right. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>